Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hello, and welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. I'm here with Jared again this afternoon. Hey, how's hey, it going? Good. So it is fall here. You know, we love fall. We talk about it all the time. But right now the leaves are amazing in Southern Illinois. It's not quite peak foliage, though. That's going to be in like two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. End of October. Okay. So in a couple weeks, it's going to be even better. But right now it's amazing. At the library in Carterville, it's like surrounded by the neon orange. I see that. Have you seen it yet? No, I okay. have to see it though. It's worth it just to drive to the Carterville Library to look at. But our family, we always do a foliage drive to Bald Knob Cross in the fall, and it's amazing. Well, which if you don't know what Bald Knob Cross is, it's a almost mountain. It can be debatable at the height of Bald Knob. It's a little bit of a debate. It's around 1,000 feet tall. But it's one of the tallest spots in Southern Illinois, and it's beautiful. It's Absolutely so beautiful. Yep. But we like driving there and just looking out at all the leaves and then maybe going to Flams for an apple dumpling. So your favorite, though, Excited. is maples, the yellow-orange maple, like the fire maple? Yeah, the fire maple is my favorite. And then I also like the silver maple that's out here that's like a maroonish color. What's yeah, your, that what's your is favorite pretty. tree? Well, the sweet gum tree is good for nothing. You know, if you're mowing, right. if you're in the Midwest, you know about the sweet gum tree, the gumballs that fall, mm-hmm. and you mow, and they're terrible. You roll your ankle on them. They're, <laughs> they're really awful. Just fill your I, yard with gumballs. Yes, but I've planted one out in our field where I don't mow because they are beautiful in the fall. And the colors, mm-hmm. I've not been able to nail this down yet. I think it's probably like the soil, probably something to do like with the hydrangeas, where the, the hydrangeas, pH. yeah, the mm-hmm. pH levels or something like that, because some gumball trees are yellow, I've noticed. And then others are like pink and red and yellow and just a mixture of all these different colors, even in the same leaf sometimes. So I think that's probably my favorite fall tree. The gumball tree? Yeah. Really? Shocking. Yeah. Even, even more than the neon orange? I think so. I do like the so red. Startling. I like the red. I also like the, well, we like spring color and fall color around here. And we like uh, winter color as well with evergreen. So I'm going to plant about 15 to 20 more white pines here in the next month or so. But we have a Cleveland pear tree, and it blooms in the spring, and then it turns red, kind of like this dark red in the fall, and that's going to turn here in the next week or two, because it turns a little bit later and hangs onto its leaves. My very favorite thing is when it's just rained, and the bark on those fire orange maples is really like black. And then mm-hmm. those neon orange leaves are such a contrast against it. It just Perfect. makes your heart, yeah, it makes your heart ache. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, we, we love the fall. And so the boys <laughs> love the fall decorations. Yeah, we love great. going on drive and seeing the foliage. The kids love the fall. They, the kids like doing that as well. Hey, Valor, do you like seeing the change in the trees, like the color of the leaves? Are you excited that the, trees are, the leaves are changing on the trees? Mm-hmm. You what are? color tree is your favorite tree? Fall. Fall is your favorite color? <laughs> fall colors. Yeah. Okay. Okay, love you. Walk worthy. So today's topic is finishing up our series on the household, and it's about grandparenting. And obviously, we are not grandparents yet. Our oldest child is eight years old, so we have a few years before we will be grandparents. But we look forward to being grandparents a lot. I remember a walk that Jared and I went on where Jared was just like absolutely cheesing out about the idea of getting going to yard sales and finding bunk beds for our grandkids and filling the basement with them. It is going to be fun. Bunk beds so we can have the kids all sleep over and we're just excited we're excited about what the lord may do and how um he may bless our family with grandkids one day what are some things about grandparenting that you are contemplating now as 
a man that has younger kids. Well, obviously you're thinking about the man that you want to be. You're thinking about where you want to be spiritually, where you want to be financially, thinking about the kind of legacy things that men often think about with their sons and with their daughters as well. You know, there are things that we want to take from our parents and grandparents and replicate. And then there are things in everybody's lineage that either on one side or the other where you want to do a little bit better, whatever that may be. And uh, I think humility as we grow older is going to be required to learn all that we can. And so I am looking forward to a lot of pieces about it. But like today, whoever's listening in, there's there's one or two types. I mean, there's only grandparents and not grandparents listening in. And so I think what's critical for us today and for every single listener to understand is that the Bible tells us, because we aren't grandparents yet, the Bible gives us directions about older people. And in First Timothy chapter 5, we're told, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. For the grandparents listening in, we want to just admonish you and encourage you a little bit with God's word, not with our experience, because obviously we're looking forward to being grandparents, but we're not grandparents yet. So we want to encourage you with God's word and, and maybe help you in some way. And if we were around you, I'm sure that we'd pick up lessons from you about life and about how to be grandparents and that sort of thing. For everybody else that's not a grandparent, we are going to be Lord willing, grandparents one day. And so we want to be trained up in that. We want to learn these lessons beforehand and know this is the kind of man I want to be one day. This is the kind of lady that I want to be one day. And we want to aim for that. And that happens through just daily development one day at a time and be the kind of people that God would have us be when we do. So, My friend Paige said one time that she keeps a note of all of the things she sees good grandmas doing. So that she can remember whenever she is a grandma, hey, this was awesome. Because I think a lot of us, we maybe begrudge if we don't have the kind of grandma that we wish we had. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh man, I really wish I had a grandma to teach me how to Or somebody can. like me, I don't even have grandparents. I mean, I had yeah. my, my grandmother until a few years ago, but I didn't, I had a really bad grandpa, and then I had yeah. a grandpa that died really yeah. young. So I think it's easy to think, well, I don't have an example, I wish I did, but... That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. Because we can look to the example of godly grandparents that are in our life to take notes from and to get examples from and be thankful for. Yeah. And we can work on becoming those people. Yeah. And we're fortunate because we have your parents to learn from. Mm -hmm. We also have my mother. And uh, my dad certainly has his struggles. But even with him, there's things that I can take and say, okay, I do want to replicate that, whatever that may be. But we're fortunate to have some godly older people in our lives to be able to learn from and it's an encouraging thing. But the whole thing about grandparents, though, it's interesting because in our world today, and really this has been adapted by the church a lot as well, there's a pushback to aging. That Everything out there in the future is pushed back against, and youth is idolized. I think everybody knows this. That's why men want to try to stay as young-looking as possible for as long as possible. That's why ladies want to be as, you know, do the Botox thing and just be as fit, as active, because youth is idolized. There's a, already a, a natural barrier in the modern American mind, even in the mind of the Christian, towards this aging thing that I think, you know, we have to bust through. Because the Bible speaks very differently about aging than the air we breathe right now. Yeah. Proverbs twenty twenty nine says, The glory of young man is his strength, and the glory of older man is his gray hair. So Scripture talks about growing old as a splendid and a glorious thing. And that's how we should view the stages ahead that God has for us, that we shouldn't think of it as, oh, I don't want to get older. I don't want to leave the baby stage. or I don't want to, you know, I don't want my kids to leave the house. We want these things. We want God to bless us with enough years that we see gray hair. And we want God to bless us with enough years on this earth that we're getting to see grandchildren. And so we shouldn't 
be sad whenever we see wrinkles. We, like Nancy Wilson says, that means that God has allowed us to live that long, that we should be thankful on growing older and not sad and not let ourselves fall into the slum of, oh, my kids are getting bigger. We're exiting yeah. this stage. We should, no, it's cool to have big kids in the house. It's cool to have teenagers in the house. Be thankful for whatever stage God has you in. Well, and it's easy to default always thinking that the best days are behind you mm-hmm. of your life rather than anticipating what's ahead. And, you know, certainly in life, there's going to be more difficult times in life. But the default for the Christian is this life of joy. And we look forward to each decade and think, man, there's going to be a lot of great things in that decade. So the 30s have been great for me. I'm pushing 40. So now going into the 40s, there's going to be some things that change. But in the 40s, that's the time when my boys are going to be older. My daughter's going to be a little bit older. And there's going to be some new things that we can do together that we can't do now. And then when I get into my 50s and, and when we're you know age, you know know age entering into empty nest life, there's a lot of fun things that can happen with that. So I think each decade isn't a decade to look forward to and then lament that we're, you know, that time is moving too fast and that we're getting there too quickly. Certainly we should enjoy today and make as much of it as we possibly can and thank the Lord for it. But the future and, and growing older isn't something that should be warred against. Now, certainly we should do what we can to be healthy right. and we should take care of ourselves in as much as God has given us the ability. But it, it shouldn't be idolized looking back and thinking, man, I wish I was 25 again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With whatever stage you're in, it's important, I think, to be having goals for what's ahead. And that can be financial or it can be spiritual. It should be both of them. So let's talk about spiritual goals and just leaving a legacy of faith that we want to have for our family okay, and so our me, generations. Let me just ask you this. So what is the caricature of a man or a woman who is growing older? Are they getting more set in their ways or are they getting Crotchety more... Crotchety is, is the term <laughs> That's usually. That's the caricature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ladies can turn into like an old battle axe, basically, right. and men can turn into this curmudgeon or, mm-hmm. you know, this angry old man. Set in their ways. Yeah, just you just mm-hmm. get set in your ways and everything, and you got to have your way on everything. And in the kingdom of God, there's a glory to growing older where we're like a watered tree that bears fruit even in old age. Mm-hmm. And so I think a goal spiritually for all of us should not be one of coasting, because I think that that's the caricature is that the older you get, the more you coast spiritually or the more you can just be solidified and almost calcified into the character that you are. So like, it's not inevitable that you have to be just like the worst traits of your parents or grandparents. You can follow in the footsteps of the godly parents that you have. You don't have to be calloused and coast the rest of your life. You can, by the grace of God, grow in godliness. And that's the expectation, I think, in the Bible. Not I think. I know it's the expectation of the Bible is that the righteous are going to grow in wisdom and knowledge as they grow older. And so the challenge, I think, for us, even thinking you know, long term, is what's the kind of man, like I mentioned earlier, that I want to be when I'm a grandpa? Mm-hmm. And I want to be a man who's more repentant, who's cherishing Christ more, who's loving God's law, who's doing everything I can to live out the Great Commission in all of life, who's cherishing God's word, you like passing it back to you. I would think that that's your yeah, desire as yeah. well. And I want to be an older woman and a grandma that is peaceful and joyful. Like that's my goals in life, to be trusting the Lord to the uttermost so that I can live a peaceful and joyful life, just serving and pouring out of myself, knowing that the Lord waters those who are watering yeah. others and we laugh at troubles yeah. you know we're not mm-hmm. scared of the darts of the enemy mm-hmm. you know these things there's a steadfastness where we've been there done that we've gone through seasons just like that mm-hmm. we know that god's faithful because he's tried and true the word of god tells us that he's faithful these are things we want to be when we're older and i want to be the kind of guy that 
you know, with my sons or grandsons that they want to talk to, right. that they, they want to be around. I need to Man, I can't, yeah, I, I want to be around grandpa and not that I want to in any way still glory of fatherhood from my mm-hmm. sons and their children, right. but to be that man, that mm-hmm. patriarch that is looked to and adored and for you to be that matriarch that's looked at and adored, mm-hmm. we want to be those kinds of people and not because we're demanding it from them. You know, Hey, look at mm-hmm. me. I'm, I demand respect in any way, but just because we're the kind of people that humbly walk before God and others. And I long for that. I long, I long to be the kind of man that can look at a younger man and can train a younger man up without making the younger man feel inadequate even. Right. And this happens often in ministry where there's the older pastor and the younger pastor. And uh, I've experienced that where, you know, it's always the young buck, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, is getting schooled by the older guys. And there's a way that some older men have with younger men where they can raise them up and challenge and inspire them in such a way that, that, that calls them up, you know, and that's the kind of man that I want to be. And it's a difficult thing, you know, to do that and to be that. But, I mean, that's what I want to be. Mm-hmm. I saw a meme one time, and I shared it on Instagram, that was something along the lines of the way to impact your grandchildren or great-grandchildren is to raise children that you have taught to teach their children, to teach your children to teach their children. It's just really cool to think about that. And then even think of scriptural examples like Second Timothy one five, with Lois yeah, and Eunice Lois and, and Timothy. Yeah. And just thinking about, I want our grandkids to have faith in Christ. My grandparents weren't Christians. Well, my grandma was. To just think about like a lineage of faith moving forward, that God would bless us with many generations blessed by faith in Him. Absolutely. Well, in that, we want, I mean, right now we're raising our grandchildren's parents. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. And we want to see and expect that every single one of our children are going to walk with the Lord. I mean, of all the billions of people in the world, God has entrusted us with these children. And he's entrusted us for a reason with, with, with these children. So we're pointing them to Christ, and they're surrounded by people who are proclaiming the gospel and telling people about Jesus and training their children in the ways of the Lord. And we, we expect with their children as well, we're going to expect in every single generation that we get to see with the Lord's help. And it's just incredible thinking about a Thanksgiving get-together seeing multiple generations and expecting that every single one of them is walking with the Lord. And uh, and that's what I'm going to expect and pray for and what I am expecting and pray for. Now think about with goals, we're thinking spiritual, and then there's going to be, if we are the kind of men and women as we grow older that are godly men and women, then that's going to be demonstrated. It's going to be revealed. The fruit of that is going to be revealed in wise living through the decades. Right now, we are living with more wisdom than we did when we were in our 20s. In our 30s, we've grown. In our 40s, the expectation is that we're going to be living with more wisdom than we are right now. And then it's with the decades that goes. So the fruit of that is going to be things like, hey, we have the ability financially to take care of our children and grandchildren in ways that we couldn't have 10 years before or 20 years before. So I think it's important as we think through this, because the Bible has something to say about this about a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It's important for us to think through multi-generational living. And this is a, you know, if you're on the post-millennial bandwagon, then praise the Lord. And if you're not on the post-millennial bandwagon, please just be on the scriptural bandwagon when it comes to the future. Because in the history of the church, there's always been this long view of both family life and the people of God throughout the world and the spread of the kingdom of God throughout the world. And regardless of you know where you are with eschatology, do not bury your talents in the ground 
do not buy into a doomsday you know existence that this generation is so wicked and evil why would we ever bring in children to this generation or why would they bring bring children the bible is so clear about these commands to children in the generations and we want to just trust the lord with what he's going to do in the future in our family and in our lineage and we want you to do that same thing and so when you become grandparents one day you're like my goodness look what the lord's done the world has changed a lot but god Mm -hmm. is still faithful yeah and god has provided for our family and for our children's families absolutely some of the goals that we have for our kids in, in the future, and a lot of the stuff is dependent upon God opening up opportunities and us stepping into those opportunities. But basic things like if you want to be a as healthy of a grandparent as you can be one day, things like good financial decisions right now matter. Because what you do right now with the dollars that God has given you and how you invest, how you buy properties, how you put into a 401k or a Roth IRA or whatever it may be, how you pay off your debt, how you do things like interest. Interest will make you broke or it will make you wealthy, one of the two. And if you don't have a handle on those sorts of things, it's going to make practical care and love for your children and grandchildren more difficult when you get older. And even things like your spiritual life when you get older. Do you really want to be in your 60s and 70s and still having house payments? Mm-hmm. And do you want to be in your 60s and 70s and be strapped financially? Yeah. You've got to get a handle on those sort of things now. In the same way that you want to be the type of man that is a good grandfather and the type of woman that's a good grandmother, you also want to be good in those aspects as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, one thing that I thought might be interesting to talk about is, so sometimes in Christian circles there's this notion of mission means forsaking family and going and doing mission and it doesn't really matter what's happening with your biological parents but mission is out there and leave the dead to bury the dead leave Mis- the, missing use, mi- mis- misusing yeah. that yeah. misusing the verse leave the dead to bury the dead go on this mission leave your father and mother and yeah yeah and i think it might be interesting to throw this around a little bit because where is that scripture that I wrote down? Well, it's two That's way. Right. There's there's obligations that parents have to children and obligations that children have to parents. Yeah. So Matthew fifteen, one through nine. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of their elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What you have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. For for the sake of your traditions, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. I think that there's always people out there who want to get around honoring their father and mother. Mm -hmm. And the reality of the matter is, as parents grow older, we do have an obligation to honor them in their aging and to help take care of them in their aging and to not... For the sake of mission, quote unquote, mission elsewhere, completely leave our parents behind and not care for them any longer as they age. And I think that that is a caution for Christians because we can get this like noble sense of, well, I'm, I'm doing God's work. I'm giving this money to the Lord. It's like Jesus is saying that's. That's exactly what they were doing. And he's like, you are hypocrites. You're not even honoring your parents. Yeah, which, by the way, is literally the Catholic Church teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. It's like putting tradition above the scriptures, which is yeah. pretty ironic. But the interesting thing about that is 
if, if you, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we aren't honoring our parents now and finding ways, honoring is proactive, it's not reactive. If we're not honoring our parents and obeying the Lord in that, then our children pick up on that. Yeah. And if you want a strained relationship with your children and grandchildren one day, well then just dishonor your parents now and that's what they'll pick up as normal. And it ends up being this perpetual problem, one generation after another, of having this relational discord. There are obligations that we have towards our parents. And as our parents age, you know, there's a really interesting thing. Brian was here, Brian Sauvé was here uh, two years ago doing a conference for us. And he did a sermon on grandparenting and it was quick and it was just really good. I mean, it's Brian, so I mean, it was really good. And he talked about intergenerational living and talked about how, you know, somebody, and if it wasn't him that said this, it was somebody else that said this. It may have been C.R. Wiley that said this, but somebody's going to take care of your parents. Somebody's going to take, it's going to be either other people's kids or it's going to be us. Yeah. We're going to pay other people's kids to take care of their parents, other people's children, mm-hmm. or we're going to, as children, mm-hmm. take responsibility to take care of our parents one day. It was C.R. Wiley. Okay. And I think it's a really great way to think through this in this long-term view of family and life and even thinking about being grandparents is honoring our parents as they age or even our grandparents right now and taking care of them. And as we model that, we want our children to be the ones one day. I mean, obviously, it's not fun thinking about having to be taken care of one day, especially by your children or grandchildren. That's a difficult thing to think through. But if you have paved the way and giving honor to those who have walked before you beforehand, then what's picked up by the generations that are watching underneath is, of course, we want to honor our parents as they get older. And and honestly, to not be afraid to be taken care of, to Mm. not cringe at that, because it it is honorable for them to do that, and the Lord blesses them in it. And, of course, we want to all be super independent 90-year-olds when we die, Mm. but that's probably not likely for the majority of people. So being willing to be humble in our need of care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's the obligation for children is to take care. Don't wiggle your way out of giving honor to your parents under any circumstance. And certainly we follow Christ first and we trust him and we love him. And sometimes the best way to honor your parents is to honor the Lord because they're wanting you or in some way wanting you to dishonor the Lord or something like Mm -hmm. that. But And of course, sometimes God calls people on mission across the country and you can't physically be there with your parents anymore, but that doesn't get you out of honoring them and taking care of them in some way. Right. And then finding a way to do it. The flip side, do you have anything else to say on that? Because there's a flip side of this. In 2 Corinthians, there are obligations that we have and that grandparents, that if you're listening in, obligations that you have as well in thinking through how do we use the resources that God has given us and there's a passage in Luke 12 that's interesting before we get to the second, or the second Corinthians passage. The warning about building bigger barns and then folding your arms, kicking your feet up and looking at your barns and saying, look at this, whose will these be? And Jesus gives correction and saying, don't give bigger barns. Like, don't just build bigger barns if it's all going to be for you. But the correction is not don't build bigger barns. It's don't build bigger barns and fill it with the stuff that you want, that it's all about you. There is this glory, there is this desire that uh, is given to us that if bigger barns are being built for the sake of the people in your life, for the sake of the generations around you, and your children and grandchildren, well, praise the Lord, build some bigger barns for other people, not just for yourself, not so you can fold your arms and look back and say, look at the kingdom that I have built, but to say, look at what God has blessed us with that can be a blessing to others. Here's what Second Corinthians chapter 12 says. It says, for children are not obligated to save up for their parents. So let's just pause. Children are obligated to honor their parents. Right. 
okay, to show them honor and to take care of them, even in old age. However, parents, it says, back to the text, but parents for their children. There is this requirement that parents are given by the Lord to save up for their children. So the Bible regulates generosity. One of the things that I got trapped in years ago. Am I talking too much? No. Okay. I got trapped in this idea that literally almost poverty theology, that I wanted to die without a penny to my name because I wanted my children to have this legacy of generosity kind of thing. And I didn't see how foolish that was because the first people that God has called me to be generous with is my family, my wife, my children, my grandchildren. That is the first that's the poor around me, is those who are the most needy around me are my family. And God regulates our generosity where we take care of our family, we give to the church, church family, and beyond that then, anything else is an overflow. But we have these familial obligations that God has given us. And a part of that is saving up, putting back, investing well for the future because we want to be able to obey this and take care of our children in the future. We've experienced that and we want to pass that along. Mm -hmm. I think that there's some cool examples in Scripture of intergenerational living. And I think that that should be a goal for Christians, for our children, that we shouldn't just be like, all right, go pave your own way. Yeah. But it should be like, no, follow in our footsteps. Like, take heed of the wisdom that we've given you and let it be a blessing to you. And yeah. we should desire for them to do that. And we should desire that for ourselves, that we should we should walk in the wisdom that our parents have paid for us. Yeah, and every single generation, it seems like, laments that they didn't buy land 30 years before or 40 years before, or something like that. But just think about, in the future, the possibility of providing property or land or a home or something for your children or a way to build a house for them one day, providing for them and helping them. Certainly, they're going to be working. Certainly, they're going to be saving. Think about the possibility of having your parents move in with you. And you might think, oh, man, like that would be so difficult. But how glorious that would be if your parents could move in and you had a mother-in-law suite or somewhere in your home where they could move in where you didn't have to move them to an assisted living. They could come in and you could be the one that's the primary caretaker of your parents and enjoy that time of life with them and have them enjoy that time of life as they're living in their twilight years. So I, th- I think when you're thinking through things like grandparenting and what our obligations are, there's two-way obligations here. There's obligations as we get older that we have to those that are younger in our family, our children and grandchildren, and there's obligations that parents have, or excuse me, that children have towards their parents. And it's really kind of a, a two-way street here of obligations we have to one another. Okay, before we wrap up, this is going to be kind of scattershot conversation here, but We grew up in this era, you and I did, where everybody goes to college and everybody forges their own way. The examples we have in the scriptures, and this can go along with providing property for your children or something like that, but also thinking about trying to provide work for your children. Jesus was a carpenter for most of his life. His father, Joseph, earthly father, taught him carpentry. Think about tradesmen down through the history of the world. This is how things have worked. How great of a thing would it be if we do what we can to provide I mean, this is the examples we get in Scripture. It's not necessarily commands provide work for your children, but what a glorious thing it would be if we can you know, do what we can to set them up as best we can for life. And even the example of like Noah and his family working together on the ark, that there's this shared mission, shared goal together of a purpose, working side by side with one another. I just think that's awesome. Well, how cool is about. that? Like Methuselah died a year before the flood, but he worked on the ark. Right. Methuselah would have seen this, and I don't know how much work Methuselah would, would have done, but he died a year before the flood, so they would have seen at least knowing his family doing some of this work. And it's interesting to think about that intergenerational work. I mean, to think about them all being craftsmen to be able to build an ark like that right. and all working together is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Shared skill, shared goal. Yeah. You know one other thing I think is really cool about grandparenting in the Bible, the story of Laban? 
So Laban is in a lot of ways terrible mm-hmm. to Jacob. Mm-hmm. And yet Jacob, Lee, and Rachel, they're leaving and all their, you know, they got their flock, they got everything and they're leaving and Rachel took some stuff from her dad and Jacob didn't know it. Laban, you know, chases him down. After their final exchange, Laban has, I just always love this, it's just a small little scene. There's this little scene where he hugs his grandchildren and he loves on them. And uh, it is, uh, you know, depending upon what era you grew up in, affection can be a difficult thing. One thing that can be really special to grandparents listening in is just being affectionate and saying how much you love your grandchildren and, you know, loving them, praying for them, hugging them, getting them gifts. That Those things can mm-hmm. be memories that are built yeah. forever. You know, even Dollar Tree gifts can oh, be yeah. some of the best things in the world to, you know, mm-hmm. an eight-year-old, a four-year-old boy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you get a new pair of shoes at a yard sale for a little girl and she's ecstatic. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of thing. Showing care and love and service um, and sacrifice of yourself. I think it's easy as you get older to think, well, my time of service is done. Like, yeah. I, I raised the kids. I Been did there, the nursery duty. I did all the things. But instead, being active in your service and willing in your service, even in old age, to know that we don't age out of serving others. We don't age out of hospitality. We don't age out right. of any of these things. But we actually, with our extra time now that our children are grown, that we should be even more pursuit in more pursuit of those things yeah which is self-denial we don't graduate yeah. from self-denial we yeah. don't following christ always includes that mm-hmm. so the rest of our life you know if you want to be a crotchety old person just indulge yourself right now right and then just instead of denying yourself indulge yourself and uh and you'll be a, a pretty terrible grandparent one day mm-hmm. but if you want to be a godly man or woman as you grow older and if you want to age with grace and joy then be the kind of person that lives sacrificially now. yeah continue to serve others yeah I think that's about it. Well, isn't that, I mean, proper, I think, from all these episodes, this is probably the shortest one, and it's on grandparents. We don't have that experience, so (laughs) hopefully the older folks that have grandchildren are encouraged, and hopefully everybody else that's been listening in maybe were equipped in some way. It did feel a little scattered. Sorry, everybody, that may may have been a little scattered. Hopefully it was some inspiration, at least, to start thinking and praying about grandparenting and how to be a good grandma or grandpa one day the only book i've read on grandmothering was silver linings by nancy wilson and it was it was really good and sweet that's good uh, have this you read is anything a, about grand grandpawing i probably have at some point but none come to mind okay but this is the last time i'll be in the episodes for a while i think right i mean am i gonna uh ladies thank you so much for listening for listening and let me be part of this job thanks for let me be here It was fun. So anyways, thanks for listening to the series and thanks for tuning in. And as always, you can check out the website for more information at fruitfulandfearless.com. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting.